Listen, I saw you gave me the finger <laughs> in the backstage. <laughs> Did you see? Good. Uh, That's good because I was giving you the finger because you were giving me attitude, Jason Green. Listen, attitude. Are we live right now? We're live. Welcome oh. to First Frames First, episode 92. Uh, welcome special guest star, Mike Wirtz. That's me. That's, that's you. That's Mike. Mike. Mike's, I think, I think Mike's been on the show the most. A as couple a times. Guest star. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now he's got his own podcast. He I do. always wanted to be like me. And <laughs> it's true. Let me tell you something. It's it's a hundred percent true. This guy almost has as many episodes as we do now. So what the, <laughs> well, how long are your episodes? How, firstly, how long are your episodes? That's what I want to know. Um, well, so I usually record about two hours. I, I tell my guests, I go, Hey, let's, let's have a conversation and let's talk until it gets weird. Okay. And usually two and hours. Let's rolls keep around. talking. Usually two hours rolls around and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, uh, I gotta, I gotta watch shameless with my, with my girlfriend. I have to, I, I gotta go I and do to something poo. else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my bladder's my bladder's very large right now. So wel welcome to the show, Mike. Today we're gonna quickly talk about. We don't have a huge agenda for today. Uh, we're gonna give a quick update. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Mike's new podcast, and yes. we're gonna talk about Chris Nolan's most recent super epic Tenet, um, which which we've all watched and really enjoyed, and we want to dig into it a little bit. So spoilers, probably. Um, but let's get the show started. Okay. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Jay. We run Fable Forest Films. Right now, we're totally independent. But what's the dream? Making crazy awesome film and television for the biggest studios. This podcast is our journey. Welcome back. Okay, we started now. Do it's official. Hear, do you hear this beer is... sounds? Beer sounds? I'm making, I'm making beer sounds. Before... Before... Let's before we get into fable. Oh, that does look delicious. Uh, we don't really drink beers on the podcast anymore as much as we used to. Mm -hmm. We used to drink many beers. Yeah, maybe it'd be more popular if you did. Probably. Well, I don't know. It's hard to I say. Don't know. We we did that, and uh, our popularity remained fairly. I'm talking neutral. all kinds of shit, but I have like less than fifty followers. So, hey. <laughs> We're following you now. You got a new subscriber today. Hey, right. okay. So let's let's quickly jump into um, updates, and then we will we will get to the main you know bit of the show. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give you an update. Oh, Adrian, right. Adrian, what is happening with Shifted this week? Okay, so shifted. I'm just carrying on with the VFX, moving along. Uh, the shot that I'm working on right now, I'm taking a mouth, a very creepy mouth that kind of looks like this, and uh, taking the teeth with a lot of blood and a lot of like chocolate and uh, dark, gross stuff, and adding it onto uh, our monsters that we happen to where we happen to see the front of the monster. Then I'm just going to attach that piece of video onto the monster's face make it look pretty sweet. And other than that, more score continues to arrive. So I, I add that into the movie and then take a little listen. I've been, I've been taking more than a little listen. I've been running. I've been playing the score. Yeah. Just as it comes in. I don't even know where it goes in the movie. I'm just listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is sounding good. It's creepy. It's weird. It's twisted. Um, 
And I think it, we definitely have the tale of the beast here. Uh, we're probably going to fill out some of the sections just so that we have some more droney undertone type of stuff. But it's very cool. Yeah, Sounds, sounds like a hell of a flick. <laughs> That's right. I, 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 let me tell you something. Lead actor. Pretty handsome. Pretty, pretty funny. Pretty funny. Pretty, pretty handsome. Pretty, yeah, Der- yeah. Derek was really pretty. handsome. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's true. It's what I'm. It's what, it's what I'm alluding to. <laughs> it's, it, can, um, can we swear on this podcast? Is it like is a swear oh, word allowed? Oh yes. Okay. Fuck you, Adrian. <laughs> hey. Hey. Look, Danny. Welcome, Danny. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, Danny saying punch up podcast is fucking hilarious. So Hey-o. first of all, let me let me just let me just put up for for first of all. Here we go. Here's our special guest star, Mike Wirtz. Uh, and hey. everybody. Go take a second. Here's our call to action. Go to YouTube, search for Punch Up Podcast, and look at that guy's face right there. There'll be a right. link in the description, right? Like you'll have a whole bunch of links. You'll like <laughs> you'll like post my links <laughs> like point the other times way. a day. There we go. That way. Yeah, totally. And uh, look for that guy's face, and then uh, you know start watching his shows. You know, the other day Mike called me on, uh, on the cell phone video chat. And uh, I just pick up. He's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, good. How are you doing? He goes, listen, when is it a okay, an acceptable time to shave a baby? So that's the kind of phone call you get from Mike. It's true. Sometimes. Mm. It's true. And, and then, is that uh, going on the show? It's already up there. It, it's yeah, already on like the internet. A week, later, uh, a week later, there's a supercut of Mike asking a bunch of people when it's okay to shave a baby. So When it's appropriate to shave a baby cosmetically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So just listen, always accept a video chat from Mike yes. and have a good time. Actually reach out if you want me to like, just say, Hey, next time you're talking, doing this, ask me a dumb question and I'll do that. Hey Vince. Hey Vince. Hey Vinny. All right. So you go uh, way back. <laughs> here we go. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's it for updates. So, oh, uh, Adrian, your your short story for the the um, moleskine contest is awesome, mm-hmm. uh, and I will say mine is unfinished. However, I feel like I'm going to pull it off last minute, and it's going to go in because make it happen. Come on that's now, what I want to do. I've written the whole thing, and it's a piece of garbage. So there's no point in letting it just sit there as a piece of garbage. Might as well clean it up and what does let it, it have fly. to be a story about? Um, it's 600 to 2,000 words. It's about. It has to include uh, a somebody black book. getting a black book, a black and notebook, an un- unexpected a twenty thousand dollar bundle. That's right. Somehow getting an unexpected twenty thousand dollars. Why so do you, I have this notebook full of penises? Why did there, why there's so many hand drawn penises in this book? Because hey, uh, that, did you, you read you, you read my them. story already? Read your story, yeah. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Uniforms um, a lost art. Yeah. So oh, uh, Tina Constant, Tina Constant, chiming in there, Jason, saying, "Get it done." I know. Tina, go to bed. Listen. <laughs> Couple last week, you stayed up late to be on the show, but you should not be watching this show. Uh, uh, You know, thank you. Um, All right, so let's move into the main segment of today's show, which is us. What I want to say is, someday we're going to have a a new segment 
for just ah. picking picking apart a specific movie. I don't know what we're going to call it, uh, but f- for this week, we're going to have an extra long segment of what you're watching. What you watching? There you go. All right, before we get into Adrian's, Mike, what you watching these days? What am I watching? Yeah, I'm watching Shameless. The American one or the British one? I'm watching the American one. And let me tell you, there I've never experienced so much joy witnessing despair in my life. <laughs> Every day, it's like a group of people whose worlds are falling apart. And they're showing you how you could still kind of carve out happiness at the same time. I think it's all bullshit. I don't think anybody could be that consistently unhappy. But what a fantastic show predictable writing but it is a, it's a scripted show right it's a scripted show yeah okay okay um i, I spent a, I, I, sorry jay on. i spent a lot of time watching the british version i watched about six or seven seasons of that i loved that show it was excellent so i do wonder how the american show i i'm sure it's it's also very excellent but i wonder how it stands up against the british version i feel like i could be related to everybody on that show <laughs> family present, members present company included hmm. <laughs> which which character would i be that's what i want to know just in oh, case no. i watch the show no i don't think later. we're a we're character so here's the thing i looked at that and i said i'm not a character in this movie what i am is a character in the same universe <laughs> Fair i'm enough. like I, i'm the guy five doors down that they don't actually write into the movie but i exist in that universe makes sense I, to you yeah, have you guys watched Good Omens? <laughs> no, couple episodes, and then I just I, I I hit the the hard eject button. Yeah, I I did that also like a year ago or so when I w- watched the first time. I got two episodes in, and then I stopped, and I was like, you know what? I just kind of want to finish this show. So it's six episodes on Amazon. I did end up finishing the whole thing, and. It was pretty fun. I I really liked it. Anyways, I was that's what I've been watching these days. Good omens. A know, demon and an angel don't want the end of the world to happen, so they're kind of they kind of work together and help Neil the Gaiman, son of, the son of Satan, you know. Yeah. Protect the world. It's pretty great. It's pretty funny. So, last night, I haven't been watching anything in particular, but last night we tried Apple Plus. Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started watching a show called Ted Lasso, which is about an American football coach who goes over to England and he randomly starts coaching a, a, a soccer team or a football team in England. And um, it is excellent. I had such a great time watching the show. The tone of the show is very unique. It's kind of upbeat, even though everyone in the whole world is calling this guy a wanker and a loser. He just keeps a smile on his face and he just he's sort of like this um, smiling, grinning idiot, but he's not an idiot. He just lets it roll off his back as he, you know, takes the I, soccer team from zero to hero. I was watching this show with my girlfriend and I blurted out in the like in the middle of the season. I, I said, Adrian loves this show. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, know. You- I just no, know without, no, without 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 talking to you. I know Adrian loves this show. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's a I lie. Did. No, you, you can ask her. No, you, you impo- can ask her. Ask her. Ask her how often they talk about you. 
<laughs> Not that often. All right. Mm. I believe you. I'm going to so, ask her. Actually, no. Come on. You, okay. You so should ask her. What the main the main uh, piece of today's show is is what, talking about tenant. I don't know if you saw the name of our show today, uh, but it's uh, last weekend. Adrian watched Tenant next weekend. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I, <laughs> that's about how confusing the movie is. <laughs> yes. Take us away. What do you want to talk about today? I loved this movie so much, but the first time I watched it, I hated it. (laughs) I hated this movie so bad that I was angry. I went to see it at the drive-in with Jason. Was that the first time you saw it? Yeah. Mm. And I hated it. You seemed happy. I was angry at the sound design. Mm. Oh, interesting. And then I understood afterwards, I, I, I read a bunch of articles about it and I like scientific articles about time travel and time paradox. And somebody wrote a pretty lengthy article about reverse emp- entropy. And that's why most of the sound sucks. Because, well, the way sound works, it's it's transmission of sound energy, right? So it, it is always it's emanating from a source, but when you are in reverse, sound is behaving differently. It's moving backwards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not emanating from you. It, it's pulling away from you and going back to the source. So right. you're actually hearing all the sound going away from your ears. Right. So uh, one thing I think we should do first of all is, I mean, if you haven't seen Tenet, you should uh, just go watch it. Yeah. But if you haven't seen it. There's probably going to be some spoilers here. We're going to chit chat about everything. And, and if you have seen it, you could watch this and you could watch the movie again and you still wouldn't quite understand what's going on. I've seen it three times now. I've really, I've really liked it. And I, all I wanted to say, I, I would love to have another episode where we talk more about Christopher Nolan, but I will say that I think the way he writes his stories is number one, I want to make the biggest spectacle that I can possibly make. Right. I like when you see the trailer for anything that I make, you're going to be like, shit, I have to see that in the theater because it's so huge. There's buildings like crumpling on top of each other, or you're in like these crazy space, whatever's, or, you know, the two people are fighting each other in different times or whatever. And then the second thing I think he tries to do every single time is say like, how many times can I get this guy to give me his money and come to see it in the theater? Because I'm going to, you know, M night Shyamalan does it too, right? He, he has like a twist mm-hmm. and maybe makes you want to go see the movie again. He did that in, in, in Sixth sense, but even though he had twists in other movies, you, you didn't always really want to go see that movie again. Like signs, you don't have to go back and watch it knowing the ending. Mm-hmm. But I would say, with the exception of maybe the Batman franchise, which was amazing. Most of the time you find out something about Chris Nolan's movies and then you go, Oh shit. Now I want to go back and watch it again with the understanding that I've reached at the end so that I can enjoy the experience even more the second time or the third time or whatever. You, you mentioned someone that was on my mind recently and I need to like throw this out there to kind of talk back to your last segment, the what you watch in one. Hmm. 
if you, you should watch Servant, it's on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. produced by M Night Shyamalan. It's oh, it's directed by his daughters. Mm. It's amazing. It's amazing. Cool. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I actually really like M Night. I I enjoy every single one of his movies. And he at some stage, everyone loved to hate him, and still, I feel like everybody just loves to hate on on him. But I don't know. I think his movies are really excellent. Did you love and that worth in your movie? Oh, that doesn't count. Caveat. Caveat. <laughs> Uh, I did not like the Airbender movie, <laughs> but but based, yeah, but but based on the, the the fact that he made the Airbender movie and he was watching that with his kids, me and the girls have started watching the Airbender animated series on Netflix, and we now watch it every single night, and we're into season. It's good, awesome. I don't I don't have Netflix anymore. Uh, I don't have Apple TV. I just have Amazon. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to dig through my Amazon stuff. Um, but I read a big article about Zach, the Zack Snyder cut and mm. everything that went on with Zack Snyder when he was doing Justice League and how his... Um, I didn't realize I feel terrible. I mean, I don't really feel terrible, but I guess his daughter took her own life and this kind of like messed him up during the making of justice league. And then there was a bunch of like corporate shenanigans that went on and bringing Joss Whedon in and all this kind of stuff. So anyways, I read this huge article and one of the things that uh, it said in the article, his wife is his producer. And I guess they got together and they were like, okay, we're going to make something after justice league just to kind of like, you know, and there they made, army of the dead the sequel to dawn of the dead which is going to come out on netflix and uh i just watched the trailer today comes out the day before my birthday so i think i'll probably have netflix again by my birthday so that we can watch army of the dead because it looks so fun we should watch yeah. together yes we should go rob a vaccine truck and mm-hmm. stick ourselves full of vaccines and go watch together mm. well that sounds wonderful uh- you know, happy birthday to me. <laughs> I I am very much looking forward to his Zack Snyder's cut of um, the Justice League. Just okay, because it's four hours long, apparently. Yeah, I I mean it. It's just going to be totally different to what they had before because they shot so much more in order to remake the movie, fix the movie, is what they said. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see what I'm interested to see what he did with it. Okay, so. We we're, we've gotten kind of far away from Tenant here, we but have. let's Adrian give us give us like what what explain Tenant in like thirty seconds. Okay, good, good luck. <laughs> so, um, a secret agent is given a single word as his weapon and is sent to prevent the onset of World War Three. He must travel through time and bend the laws of nature in order to accomplish his mission. Okay, I did you either buy the DVD or do some research? <laughs> I did some research. Because, okay, but good. I would say if you are going to if you're going to think about Tenant, you think about it with a James Bond movie where there is time travel. Mm-hmm. It's basically James Bond. There's a bad guy that's going to destroy the world, and some guy has got to find him, travel back and forth through time a bunch, and he's got to save the world. So that's so one of the things that we need to talk about is like the center pin of the time travel. 
Um, because something that I was thinking about ever since you talked to me about talking about this show. So they, they have this, it's, it's, it's like a big circle. There's, it's like a revolving door, right? Except Mm -hmm. instead of the revolving door going like this, both sides go this way, right? One person walks in and the other person walks in, uh, at the same time, but they're both walking in and out at the same time it's the same person right so one person goes in one side and they're literally coming out backwards throughout the other side and they're going backwards in time right they are moving forwards time stays the same they are moving backwards through time so let me let me dig in a little bit though okay go ask yourself what the movie's about right so a lot of people when they describe tenant they describe Mm -hmm. they're trying to describe all the world that is happening. They're trying to explain it in terms of timelines, but it's a movie. Mm-hmm. So what it is, is a heist movie in a time travel, in a meta story, which focuses on time travel, that it exists. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, it's, it's multiple movies. It's a heist movie. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's a rescue movie. And at the same time, it's an apocalyptic movie. And and, and then it's one of those time loop movies. It's like multiple movies all at once. But at its heart, it's a heist movie. I will just say there's one thing that was bugging me. Was when they first built that first machine the first time. And the first guy goes through it. What do you think happened to that guy? (laughs) That's right. Because, Because as soon as he went through... That's it. The whole team, the whole team was starting to take the machine apart. So he's like leaving, going like, don't take the machine apart. But they took it apart and he's going backwards in time forever. That guy's screwed. Well, well, think about that, though. The very first guy they send back. Uh Yeah, he he goes back and he he goes backwards through time and he lives in inverted time. His job is to go and build a machine in inverted time mm-hmm. at the next time point. All, unless, all by unless, himself? That blows. Well, yeah. he probably has like blueprints on him and gets the expertise and like hires the scientists living he has, as like inverted sheets person. of paper. Like you go yeah. do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the he, things I loved was the was the telephone. You know, he well, like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I think you 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 just uncovered a really cool story. The story of that first guy. He would have had to have rigorous training, learning how to walk backwards, talk backwards, right? Like everything about him, he'd have to take like. Think they about, didn't seem to have trouble walking. He'd have to take reverse shits. Mm. Yeah. Yes, bodily functions. I didn't want to kind of dive into like reverse bodily functions because that would we be should. very. You know, so basically, so basically what you literally you walk you're like you're like this and then you're like ah oh, all right that's mine <laughs> oh and then sandwich <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfect huh. put the butter back on the tray do you want some I, sandwich? I suppose you guys butter your your bread or I think I think maybe a more an easier way for that first guy to go back is to drop the intelligence 
but mix in a little bit of a lie and allow those inverted people to build it. Mm -hmm. So what is that guy responsible for in all of, basically you could keep building those things all the way back through time and then start changing things all throughout the course of history forever. Well, yes, and it, that is what they did ostensibly, but they sent they didn't send people back because it would be too far back, but they sent plans back. So Yeah, but the plans would just they would just be there for the next person. You'd have to send a person back in time like 30 years with the yeah, plans. Yeah, but they have to the problem is they have to live those 30 years. So you can't they do. you can't you, you can't live you can't travel you know longer than your time span, your lifespan. So that's the, why they have that's why they have to keep doing it. So the inverted space, though, the inverted mm -hmm. space that, that, that they go back into, it's not like a parallel world, right? It's no. just a time where they inverted. It's, it's, it's when they inverted time for a bit, but the universe is still moving forward. That's why when she got shot by that bullet, the entropy of that bullet was slowly killing her because mm -hmm. the energy, like she would have to come back into her own time in order for her body to heal because of entropy. Because just her cells would be regenerating and growing. They're meant to regenerate and grow in real time because the whole universe is moving and forward in time. Ah, so when you are actually, when you do reverse yourself, you move through one of those turnstiles, are you actually getting younger? No, I no. don't think so. I think you would actually get older as you go backwards in time. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like you would you would basically live like if if you went and lived your whole 40 years backwards, let's just pretend that you would never interacted with another person because it would be weird. Hmm. Um, so you, let's say you just sat in a room, you would get 40 years older. So you would now be, you know, just shy of 80. But uh, everyone else would get younger. And then you would be able to, in theory, turn around again. Oh, be for 80. You, yes. Okay, for so, you, you would get older according to your own right. perception, but other people, according to other people's perception, you would no, get. No, you you have yeah, it wrong. No. You have you have it wrong. You would get older. You wouldn't get older because it, it's the grandfather paradox that you, that you are describing. It's still you I going know. backwards through time. You're, but you are you are not. No, you're, you're still living though. Yeah, you're still living, but because the universe is moving forward through time. You can't stay in that state for any long length of period because your body. No, no, no. So, so the thing is, when you're watching it, like the, the just think about the scene where um, uh, he's going backwards through the car chase scene. Mm -hmm. He's literally going backwards in time. So, as he's living his forward time, which is backwards, he's going backwards in in time yeah. to an earlier time. So, and then what, so what happens is he goes back to an earlier time, then goes back through the, the loop thing again, and then lives it again. So you can essentially, if you wanted to go back and forth in time between these two points and just keep living the time period again, but you would get older because time continues to pass for you. Personally. You would get, you would get older as long as time was progressing forward. But if you go backwards, you would be physically thermodynamically getting younger because physics you it the movie points to all kinds of things that points to physics running backwards like yes. explosions being cold right 
Um, like for instance, uh, bullets being cold because they don't dissipate heat. Those bullets accumulate heat because they're all mm-hmm. acting backwards. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different is that he knows that he's in this backward inverted state. Right. But so he, so you would, you would get younger then is uh, over time. Right. Because there's another you that's still going forward. Right. But y- you would get younger according to the, the outside perception, Jason, both of you are kind of right. Like Jason, you yourself, your perception, you would continue aging at your normal rate. Or at least, or at least my, no, oh, no, wait, hang on, hang on. Because even at your own, if you are, if your body is moving backwards, like if your cells are moving backwards, if everything inside your body is in reverse, then your cells are technically getting younger. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I, I, you know, look, the way I understood it, I'll just say that the way I understood it was that when you went through the machine, you were reverse to the world. So mm-hmm. your yeah. cells were still getting moving older forward. as the world is moving in the other direction. That's that's, that's right. the under you weren't moving with the world anymore. You were, were moving against it. And so I would say in that case, you would continue to age. But I mean, maybe at some point we needed to see uh, that guy. Uh, what's the guy's name? Main character? Andre? Uh, Andre? The, pro- the protagonist. No, the main yeah. character is called the protagonist. Okay we would need to see the protagonist at the end of the movie, having like gone back and forth or whatever, be much older or something, mm-hmm. but we didn't. So the, uh, you met, you mentioned the algorithm at one point that like the code that they're trying to crack. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you like the, that algorithm had already been created and then it was suppressed. Right. So it was a group that came after the person that created that algorithm and said, listen, the earth is in shambles. We need someone to go build this dangerous machine that I hid all throughout history. Right. So it wasn't like that guy was trying to blow up the world. He was just trying to end it for everybody that was currently with him. Yes. I mean, the, the, from what I took, the world was effed. The rivers were frozen. The world was so polluted that they were like, they sent this algorithm back to be like, end it all. Because even if it's even if we do kill ourselves and there is a grandfather par- paradox, it's still better than what we have right now, which is basically nothing. Mm. So just let's hit the hit the button, let's blow the bomb, let's destroy the past in the hopes that maybe it'll fix the future. Because that that did kind of annoy me, the fact that people from the future were like, let's destroy the past. So like, so but wow. when you think about it, they those guys like at the end, right? Like we said, big heist movie. They eventually at the end, they have all the pieces of the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They, they split it apart and they give it to each of the guys. And those guys are now going to go back in time and hide those pieces like in the pyramids, in the whatevers, in the... So they're obviously going back in time. They're obviously traveling backwards in time. They're not traveling with the world anymore. They're going mm-hmm. back to hide those pieces somewhere yes. so that... Well, current us can watch them try to find them again but in the movie 
a, a, one of the things in the movie is that they are able to send objects backwards in time. And this is how they pay the main bad guy. They pay him with gold that they send backwards in time. And then they, what they do is they, he'll, he'll get a coordinate and then he'll go and he'll dig up this, or he'll go and find this gold or whatever that's tra been traveling backwards in time. And I think they did that with the algorithm because the algorithm was uh, they, they showed it to us with chunks of metal that you would mm -hmm. put together. And mm -hmm. they probably just sent those chunks of metal back in the past. I don't think there was a human that came back with those. I think they hid them and then they knew that Andre, the bad guy, was their guy. And they were like, this is where you go and find the pieces. And then he was hunting for all those pieces, right? The, the wonky staff of time travel is like the goofiest mulligan in that movie. Like, <laughs> So the algorithm was, de was developed to reverse universal time. That's right. Right? Now, why does it have to look like something ripped out of a <laughs> Mad Max set piece? I don't understand that. It's supposed to be smooth tech. Like, like look at that. Like, I, I inhaled nicotine out of that shit. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it's just bigger. It's just yeah. I don't it's, know. It's all. It's, it doesn't even have a handle. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, you can't put it in a backpack really easily. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be able to watch somebody like take it apart and pass the pieces. Like if it was just this tiny thing, that would suck. Yeah, visually it's, not not very pleasing. No. Can we talk about the casting of this movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How how fantastic was it? Like Good. I. Amazing. It, it was amazing. Um, okay, the main guy, not a popular, like like not a guy that I'd seen before in any popular movie. No. I, I couldn't even tell you his name today. John David I, Washington. So now you, you tell me the tenant, but you go the tenant guy, I'd be like, yeah, that guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. He, yeah. He had a he had a tone and he had like this consistent sort of uh, just who he was and his character that was it was great to watch. Very interesting to watch. Like you haven't ever seen anyone like him before. Just how he, calm he was under pressure, how cool, how straight, how smooth. I mean, the guy is a, is a cold glass of beer right there. What I, liked I, about, what I liked about him was the fact that he always seemed like on the edge of competency. It's like he didn't know what he was doing until he was doing it. And when he did it, he whatever he was doing, he'd pull it off flawlessly. Yeah. Right? So that kind of plays into the character he was playing. He's the guy that created Tenet, mm -hmm. right? And so at some point in his head, he's like, yeah, I'm actually the guy that makes this happen. So I'm just going to throw some balls out there. Yeah. You wonder kind of when he decided that it was him. Like when when he made that, that firm decision. I actually really like, I might be hatcheting this, but I really like the Egyptian lady, Iranian lady. She was amazing. Like the the like badass that uh, she was like, okay, my husband, you can fuck off now. Obviously, we are the adults are talking now. <laughs> it's like this is amazing. I love yeah. this lady. It was the second act when he really knew who he was because when yeah. he when he fought himself, he knew he had to be covered from head to toe. Right? He knew mm -hmm. I have to be covered from head to toe. I need to slow him down because he's just as fast as me. So I'll give him a little stab. I can give him a little poke. All those bullet shots that he was doing, he was deliberately missing him. Right. Right. Mm. So he knew that his molecules wouldn't like combine with his and they wouldn't actually achieve the grandfather paradox because right. he was in full riot gear for a good reason. Mm -hmm. Right. So you think you think on second run, he knew he was fighting himself for sure. He knew that he was the guy that made Tenant happen. Mm -hmm. okay. in, his, 
it, uh, somewhere he knew that there was something deterministic in his actions that he couldn't be harmed. He mm. was going to achieve all his goals. Yeah. Because the guy at the beginning of the movie was tentative. The guy at the end of the movie just threw all balls just, to the wall. Just knew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I really like the telephone, the telephone game, right? Where you, he's like, got this phone number. So he's like, basically give this number a call anytime in the future, because what'll happen is someday in my past, I'll get this phone call that says like, Hey, three days from now, can you please come and have my back at this particular moment in time? And don't worry, I'll be there. I love that. That whole, I was like, Oh, I want to start writing things in a notebook just in case <laughs> somebody, just in case in the future, somebody's reading my notes yeah. and like some shit. You, you should write in your notebook something really fantastical so that you're, so you're like, come back and get me guys or send me a I secret just, message. I just checked my drawer. No, no bundle of cash. Ah, shoot. <laughs> so also, I, I would just like to say, bullshit. I, I would also like to say I really loved Robert Pattinson's character and his performance. I thought they were excellent. One of the things that I... And I only realized it later, but when he first arrives on the scene, sorry, when he first arrives on the scene, he is, um, he's like disheveled and he's messy and he's kind of like uh, a little bit morose and a little bit melancholy. And you just think maybe he's an alcoholic and he's done one too many missions. But then you realize that he's been kind of moving backwards through time. And this mission signifies basically the end of his life, which he knows is coming because right. he's moving backwards. And right. he's kind of jumping backwards and forwards, and he knows the end. He is knows way. he knows the end. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's pretty sad. Um, he's great. Yeah. You know what? Did you guys watch the the um, lighthouse movie with him? <laughs> I did. How was it? Well, I watched the director's cut, which is essentially like four hours of him masturbating. That seems. <laughs> How was it? How was it? Good? <laughs> I hated the lighthouse. I just hated it. I just okay, that's fine. I, I know what they were trying to do, and it was really arty, and they they built tension really well, but there I needed more movie to happen. Mm -hmm. Right? If I you're just gonna, watched the trailer and look good. If you're gonna make it oh well, you're in for a treat, mister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't I think, think I, I am. Think, not, I think, not I think you should that. watch it. You should absolutely watch that movie. It's rough. It's a rough movie. It's it's an artistic movie and there's never going to be one like that again. Like they were the first movie like that. I just, it was just, it was hard to watch. You know, it was hard to watch since we're talking about the uh, twilight duo um, because I really like Kristen Stewart. Also I love since, Kristen Stewart. since we're, since we're talking about her, I, and I really did not enjoy twilight. Number one. Um, Anne and I tried to watch it. We found it kind of terrible to watch, and then we never watched any of the other Twilights. But I do like Kristen Stewart. I think she's great. But I did just rewatch, not rewatch, watch for the first time the Charlie's Angels remake. I watched mm. it with Anne, and both of us did Ooh. not like that movie. Was rough, very rough. So, well, okay, if you want to watch a movie that's rough, Charlie's Angels, the show sucked. Charlie's Angels, the movie, though, with Drew Barrymore, 
was also great. sucked. It's not great. I, that movie still, sucks. No, no, I still watch. I do. I'm telling you, I still watch that one with Lucy Liu and Bill Murray. And I Tom still really Green, enjoy that. The Chad. and Tom Grun. Was it the Chad? He's the Chad. It might have been the Chad. Oh. It was the Chad. Okay, I like that movie. I, I won't. I won't lie. That it was kind of a funny movie and a fun movie, but I won't say it's a great movie. I think it was Fine. garbage. You know, like I like watching garbage. garbage. I yes. like watching garbage. It was garbage. Yes. No, <laughs> it was not garbage. Oh. Here's the thing: Have you seen the new Charlie's Angels? Yes, garbage. Okay, so you're gonna call those two movies the same garbage? That, that whole franchise is garbage. The only reason why they were nostalgic about it is because that movie, that show came out of the 70s when there was all like, there was like, what, five shows on TV? Mm-hmm. So, of I'm, course, you liked it. Doesn't mean it was good. I never watched the show. Would you watch a live action remake of like the Andy Griffith show? <laughs> yes, I would. Oh, oh, yes, I would. Drunk again. In fact, I would start whistling <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. So, okay. Back to Tenet. Anyways, I just wanted to say Robert Pattinson was great. Kristen Stewart, excellent. But Charlie's Angels, very rough as we're jumping around. So something that I, that I just wanted to talk about in the movie, which was like a core theme to the action, is one. So Christopher Nolan tends to wrap very heady kind of concepts around big blockbuster action. Like, mm-hmm. and it was totally a heist movie. It, it, you know, you had guys breaking into all sorts of places and doing fantastic things. But one of the concepts that they talk about was the pincer, mm-hmm. which is where part of your team is moving forward through time and they are performing, they are, you know, performing the action to, uh, you know, get the task done. And the other part of the team is moving backwards through time and they kind of work together in a way that makes the plan work. And. Now, it's just one team. Yeah. The, well, it's not no, part of the team. Because don't forget, that team, blue team, is moving through. Then they go through the thing, and they're the same people coming back. Oh, I thought there was two oh, teams. No, there were, there were two teams. No. There was red and blue teams. No, there, were, there was red and blue teams, yeah. That's, but if you remember, the guy said, when they all left, they're like, you're red team, you're blue team, right? And when they all left, the guy goes, there's only one team, right? That's why oh. That's why as the as everybody was leaving, there's other ones coming in. Those were the people that were going to go back through the whole thing. So like all Good. the people were the same. That's why the guy was like, they get through to the end and they change their pennies and go back through again. So they've uh, basically they sh- already done the thing and now they're coming through the reverse and they're okay. seeing each other. But that's why they... We'll have to wear red and blue because otherwise they would yeah. know that they're them. Can I talk a little shit about Nolan? Just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this is peak Nolan. Like this is a layer of complexity that I want to see in films and no more. I don't want to go any deeper than this into the <laughs> geekery. Like, yeah, like uh, Inception was pretty geeky. You know, the I loved it. I loved it too, but like it, you know, um, Interstellar, real geeky, and I loved, I loved diving into the little, to the little, um, the little bits. Mm-hmm. But Tenant asks a lot of you. You have to watch it multiple times to really enjoy all the work that went into it. True. Yeah, I would say that you, you the best thing to do it's is hard actually- work. It is hard work. The best yeah. thing to do is actually to take his advice and don't try and analyze it. Just feel it. 
But I agree with you, Mike. I think it is it's too much because you are just too confused and it 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 actually detracts a little bit from the movie. You're thinking so hard trying to understand everything that it pulls you out of the movie. It makes sense to him because he thought about it for 10 years to us. Yeah, yeah. I will say, but I will, I'll just say that the first time, like I'm going to liken it quickly to Mother, okay? Mm-hmm. The first time I watched Tenant, I didn't really have any expectations and I wasn't really thinking too hard about it. I was just like going through the movie. But when I got to the end, I couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, it's kind of like it follows. That was, that was another one where I just really enjoyed talking about what had ha- just happened. And then it kind of gets you thinking about it. We're trying to talk about it right now. We still don't have any fucking clue what's going on really. <laughs> and, you know, we've seen it 10 times between the three of us. So, um, you know, but I just think like, yeah, I, you know, it, it puts something in there for you to mull around a lot. I think that's pretty that's right. I won't, I won't deny that it's great art. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, like I'll, I'll go. It's almost says, Hey, what's one of the smartest movies ever made tenant. It's just way smart. Yeah. And you, the, the truth is that you trust Nolan to have done the homework that mm-hmm. on, on some level, uh, it, it does make sense. You just you just haven't got to that place where you've kind of worked out all the all the nitty gritty bits and pieces, but you trust that Nolan has because that's who he is as a director. He does work out all the tiny little pieces. I feel smarter and dumber after having watched it. <laughs> so, so, how do you think this movie played to like really dumb people? Like, how did this movie I, play it, to idiots? It, it, there's there's a chance that it was awesome. Did they watch it for explosions? Got there were there, lots were, there were cool explosions. There was explosions like, when the two when the when the one building blew up twice in yeah. two different time modes. That was pretty great. You know, you were asking Adrian. One of the questions you would ask me is like, why did they have to go get that guy in spectacular fashion in the opera? Yeah, I still don't. And even even I, I looked it up online. I still don't like the explanation. Because it was the explanation because it's a movie? <laughs> That's right. Like, and it had to be. It, it, so I, I'll t- I'm, g- I'm going to give you my explanation. You ready? Okay, hit me. It had to be done in such a way that subtly sparked the protagonist's imagination. So as to build up that curiosity in himself where he would start to dig into this whole weird phenomenon that he had just like briefly touched right if if they literally just went and met the guy in an office and took the thing he wouldn't have designed this whole infrastructure in his brain of like trying to figure out what to do with this whole time thing he they basically he put himself because he was the one that saved his life with that bullet and put that bullet right by him and and did the thing and took him out Mm -hmm. of there right so he Mm -hmm. orchestrated the I thought very that was first Robert moment. It, it was Robert. Pa- no, it was yeah, Robert it was. Pattinson. It yeah, was Robert he had the little red string on his backpack. Yeah, that yeah. saved him at the very beginning. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah. so that's I'm totally wrong. So Robert Pattinson, but he he's operating. He's Robert Pattinson's up. Op- he's he's operating on Robert Pattinson is operating on the protagonist's orders. So right. it is the protagonist saving himself? Right. It's a recruitment event. Right. For himself. Right. Well. But here's here's the here's the thing that upsets me a little bit is that I get it. You need a recruitment event. You, you need to get the piece of the algorithm. 
you know, you you hide it under the fact that you need to free the CIA agent. But in what you are doing, ostensibly, is you're saying, okay, I'm going to have this group of terrorists with guns. They're going to run into this group of unarmed civilians who are at this orchestra. And then we're going to have the CIA or the operation police come in, and they're going to engage in gunfire that's going to uh, kill people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would orchestrate that plan? That's your yeah, plan. But don't that forget, is crazy. But, yeah, but don't forget that the – they weren't orchestrating the whole thing. The bad guys wanted to get the piece of machinery from the CIA guy. Like they just knew that the bad guys were coming at that time because they were coming back through, through time. So like they're uh, still oh. trying to get the piece from the bad guys at that moment. They have to so, get it first. So hang on. Those bad guys were, they were, they were, they were working suit, for the guy. Suter's guys. They were yes. Andre's guys and yes. they were coming in. Then the police crews in. And Correct. they come in, they come in. Okay, I got right. you. I got you. I'm right. with you now. I'm with you now. And Robert and, Pattinson is the lady's son. That's right. <clears throat> I mean, so he spent I, a lot. So he spent a lot of time. He's already seen this happen because he grew up with it, right? Like he has heard the protagonist tell him the story about what he did his entire life. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, I I never I never got any of that from any of the three watchings, but I really liked the female character, the whole diving off the boat piece, thinking it was a different woman. This was so awesome. Her her story, her storyline was, in fact, one of my favorites where she says, you know, the line, she's just like she looked so free. And right. it, you just when you realize that she's the one that's going to be diving off the boat, you're like, what excellent storytelling that is, man. Yeah. And. It- is she tall or what? <laughs> I, I, she's, whoa. I'm going to call him Kenny because we're so close, but Kenneth, Kenny Brana, Brana, <laughs> and, and, <Yeah. laughs> and his portrayal as the bad guy. Excellent. The best. Has that guy ever been in a shit movie? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's perfect in everything. He, he's just perfect. He's, he's, he's my dreamboat. he he was he was excellent i would say that all the performances were absolutely stellar and it was it it really elizabeth yes elizabeth debicki and you know what you know what the funny part was was uh when i looked her up for the first time uh after because i didn't recognize her from the movie but i was like man is she tall and all i did was look up uh imdb tenant i wanted to see who this girl was and right in her her profile it's like She's six foot two and three quarters. And I was like, yeah, yeah okay. Isn't she I, I, the tall blonde from uh, like the golden person from Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yes. Isn't she's the main yes. bad lady. She is. Oh, yes. She's also in The Great Gatsby. She plays Jordan. She's very elegant lady. So yes. it suits it would suit her character down to the ground. Amazing. Now, I, I did also love when you when you know that it's his mom. And they are kind of spending time together. You do notice there's sort of a similarity between the looks. And and at one stage, he is sitting right next to her. She's kind of wounded. And he's there in the airplane. And he's he's sitting close to her in a way that when I first saw it, I just thought he was concerned for her. But after you realize that he's her son and he knows it, that it, it just becomes more poignant. It does become richer. And that's when you pay twice to see the movie, Man, Jason Green. Can, can I tell you something? <laughs> now Chris Nolan's going to get my movie, my money for the fourth time. Man, 
This is crazy. We I haven't guess. pirated this yet. What? <laughs> no. Michael no, Woods. Come no. on now. <laughs> wasn't wasn't Michael Caine's interaction with him in the in the like a uh, dining hall just the best? Yeah. Sides of a tangerine. <laughs> where he's like, we're snobs. I'm a snob, and he's like, not British enough a snob. I don't. I can't remember what the line is, but it's worth the movie. It's worth the money just for Michael. Caine. Has has Michael Caine been? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> has Michael Caine been in every movie since the Batman movies of Christopher Nolan's? Was he in Dunkirk? I don't know. I haven't actually I don't seen Dunkirk. So. Dunkirk's pretty cool. And I, I was thinking that, that Christopher Nolan really likes to play with time. And even in Dunkirk, he plays with time a little bit. Um, so you should you should check it out. Dunkirk is pretty great. I, I will do that. Now, let me let me hit you guys with a couple of trivia, pieces of trivia, before we move on to Michael's Desert Island movies. Okay. Let's skip um, Desert Island movies and talk about his podcast more. Okay, we'll talk we about his podcast. We can't do both? All right, we can do both. So I'll just let you know that for Tenant, an estimated production budget of $205 million, this is the most expensive film ever made to have a person of color as the solo lead. True then also. True. True. Oh, you want to play the true or false game? True. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were giving us some trivia. Yeah, yeah it is trivia. Oh, you're just reading it, us facts. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And then Go. the, the opening sequence set at the opera house in Kiev is reminiscent of a 2002 Moscow hostage hostage crisis. Just like in the film, uh, they seized a group of armed rebel, rebels, and three days later, they pumped powerful opiates into the building to render everyone unconscious, and many people died. I remember when that poison. happened. I remember. I, I do not remember when that happened. Wow. That's Crazy. hectic. Yeah. Baller move, though. Hmm? Like, yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. some people are going to die, but we need to prevent everybody from dying. So we're just yeah. going to roll some dice here and drug everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people were like, that was the greatest terrible time <laughs> of my life yeah woke up in a day really like really good now yeah uh amazing yeah all right so tenet thumbs up thumbs down what are you what I are mean, you saying huge thumbs up Two I, thumbs. people need to watch it yeah, yeah you, need to watch, sure. you, know you need to watch it more than once but don't watch thumb, it if you're drunk a thumb up for each time that you gotta watch it you gotta watch it once gotta watch it again yeah yeah so mike talk to us about about punch up podcast how did it start when did it start okay. what is happening so there's not there's really not a whole lot going on with punch up podcast it's me it's like what you see right now it seem like it yeah you're seeing a version of punch up right now it's me it's in front of a sheet a fitted I, sheet yeah a fit well it's not a fitted sheet but it's a sheet that i it looks like i, I crinkle it up to make it look like curtains uh, just, hmm. just because like no one wants to see my bedroom during this pandemic and i don't have a fancy office like y'all Mm -hmm. you know yeah. people are rich in offices i just have yeah them. you should you should get a bookshelf yeah uh, i should i well i do it's right in front of, it's in front of the camera oh okay <laughs> but um so you know what i've always wanted to do this i've always actually wanted to do comedy and i thought to myself what's like what's something else i could do that's a little performative and allows me to kind of scratch this itch i haven't talked to strangers in like forever right mm -hmm. this whole pandemic i've been locked up and not talking to strangers and I, I want to just interact with people and, and I want to do something that's performative. And I said, 
I could podcast. So my first iteration was me standing my tablet on a big pile of books and calling Jason and like saying, Hey, guess, guess what we're doing right now? And he's like, what? I'm like, Hey, we're podcasting. Right. And so I've been putting best, best podcast ever. I've just been, I've just been, I, I'm learning how to edit and I'm just throwing things up on YouTube. I'm trying to promote outside of my friend group. So I'm not trying to like, exhaust everybody and my friends and family like on my facebook wall with like hey look at this video thing i'm making but what i'm trying to do is just grow it organically just trying to find fans out there that like my my version of dumb and mm-hmm. uh i like making making fun conversation with people i i always and i've i got to talk to some really awesome people there's this um i talked to this uh musician called marty ray and he was on the the show preacher and oh. joe zoo and a couple other big movies, and he's like, if if you were to call central casting and you need like a great big bearded guy, like a good old boy, he's like that guy a hundred percent. So I made friends with that dude, and I met a space lawyer, a space lawyer. Wow. Uh, th- this lady out of Iceland, her name is Hel- um, Heather Allen's daughter. She practices space law, and it's one of it's it's amazing. Um, before it's that, a, it's before up that, and coming. Yeah, she's a university professor. She's a human rights lawyer. Mm-hmm. She's awesome conversationalist. Uh, I've talked to guys, two guys that one runs the like the best Bruce Springsteen uh, podcast you've you've never heard of called Set Lusting Bruce. It's amazing. Uh, another guy named Dave who has a podcast, like a, a, a human grown man who is, loves the BG so much that he talks about it every week. It's amazing. Wow. I get to talk. Is there to enough comedians. to is, is there enough to talk about the BGs every single week? Something well, we, new? We, we, we just talk because like I, I just want to have human moments with people, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just sit down and go, "Hey, the premise was I'm like, how do I get people to talk to me on this podcast?" And I thought, well, let's just work my 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 shitty comedy routine, my my shitty jokes. I ran out of jokes real quick, and I, you know, on second glance, they're not funny. Or they're a little old and maybe a little insensitive for today, right? So now I just have like bomb ass conversations with, with individuals, which is awesome. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you should totally watch. Um. Look, look me up, uh, Punch Up Podcast, or uh, you know, search for me on TikTok or Twitter. I'll eventually have something up there. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, there'll be. I'll. You guys will put my link up here, will you? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And that would be awesome if you just checked it out. I would like for you to see it. And maybe- I like I like my my favorites so far. Look, your long form are sometimes quite long. Like the chats are pretty long. Well, I cut, but, they, I but cut they're awesome out of it. I cut clips out of that. Right. So I, I'll do like a two hour conversation. Then I'll yeah. go in for the meaty bits and I'll pull that out and post that. on Yeah, too. My, my favorites so far have been like the smash ups of you asking a question to a bunch of people. Yeah, that's my yeah. Like which dog takes the tastes the best? So which dog do you think tastes the best? Uh Labrador. Yeah. A chow. Maybe a chow. They kind of got enough fat, you could probably stew them quite nicely. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I, I think like a lap dog, like a fat lap dog, because I think the love that it receives makes it taste better. Oh. Delicious. I'm going to say Goofy. Goofy the dog? Dog. Yeah. 
the the, the sort of human, animated the human yeah, yeah, that guy dog yeah. animal, like you're delicious cannibalistic a little, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> So you know, is Goofy the dog like an actual dog, or is he like a was he part of a science experiment which made him like a like a like a cross between a dog and a human? Yeah, it's very strange because you have Goofy who's a dog and he can walk and talk, and then you have Mickey's dog, which is Pluto, Pluto and he's yeah. just a dog dog, and he right. probably looks at Goofy and kind of hates him because he's been bestowed with the power of. Uh, the mind to be able and to then you have it. mickey who's like a mouse that's taller than pluto which doesn't seem right at all uh, pluto's probably really upset yeah I, I i have an unrelated question for you and it's one of those hard questions that i like to ask people mm. on my podcast can i ask you a hard question on my podcast on this podcast we'll see all right it's a hypothetical right mm-hmm. so there's no moral there's no moral failing if if you don't want to participate. But if someone was to pay you for a hundred thousand dollars for each knuckle you remove from your hands, mm-hmm. how many knuckles would you spend? Like, would you chop off a hundred grand? Oh, okay. Grand, oh, so so grand? so. Wait a second. You're not just saying like I'm removing this knuckle. No. And- my, and now my finger just is straight. You're no, actually no. saying like you want me to cut my fingers off. Yeah, for a hundred grand. Man, hundred grand. All right, let me enough. ask you this question: How much does it cost for a prosthetic hand? That's awesome. I don't know. Well, I would want it. That's something that I would need to know because if I could get like a robot hand for a good, let's say, four hundred grand. Yeah, but what are you doing with these guys? Right, like six hundred grand right there. I mean, could you yeah, live like, if you took six hundred grand and like yeah, in Bitcoin or that's something? That's my shit. That's my shift key. That's my shift finger, though. Yeah, yeah but it could I be other finger i don't know my other that's my a finger i like i i do stuff with these it's a tough one right it it's is a tough, tough. i don't want to i don't want to make light maybe uh, you just need 200 grand you could just take each nub off let me tell you something there's there's people out right there right now that don't have pinkies that wish they had i'd, I'd have like 150 grand i think if you made me that offer i'd be like typing with a stick tied to my head hmm. <laughs> Just as long as you got to invest it in Bitcoin and then. Yeah. Adrian, one of these days you're going to have a connection that works. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right, Mike, let's do, let's do desert Island movies. Okay. So favorite guilty pleasures watch again and again and again on a desert Island. Okay. How, hang on. How many? How hang, many? Hang on. Three. It, in this segment, the, what we're going to ask Mike is if whatever is three Desert Island movies that he likes to watch. Okay, well, if I'm on the oh, island... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying here. Desert Island Movies. <laughs> That's amazing. I like how you do that. Um, okay, well, I think the first movie is going to be something like Castaway, just because I'm going to need some survival tips. Also, okay. that movie rocks. It'll give you hope, right? It'll give you yes. hope that you're going to get off. Yeah. I love let's, let's, just throw, let's just throw showgirls in, in the mix, because I'm a man with needs. Terrible. <laughs> and uh, the last movie... 
The last movie I think would have to be. Why don't you ha- Why don't you choose something like Starship Troopers? You know, could mm-hmm. still fulfill those needs, but then you also get super bug killing action. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Fair. And then as your needs change, the bug killing becomes the thing. It becomes the thing. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and yeah. I guess the third movie would have to be something terrible, like the new Charlie's Angels movie, to make me oh. want to leave. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> This like, is unacceptable. I got to get out of here. There's nothing to watch. You should just pick three shit movies. That'll make you want to go. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, good. Good choices. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's that's going to be it for this week. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Mike. And thanks guys, go commented. That's right. And guys, head over to Punch Up Podcast on YouTube. Go take a look. Listen I'm to looking, Mike. I'm looking at you, Vinny Shu. He is a oh, funny guy. I want you over here at Hutch Up. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, until then, dream big. Work hard. Really hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you watched or listened, please leave us a comment or a review. We really want to hear from you. Share the show with a friend. You know they'll love us. Head over to our website, thefableforest.com. There's all kinds of great stuff. Poke around. Check it out. See you all again in a couple weeks.